Time to talk some greyhounds. A very special going greyhounds today with Ron Arnold. Take it away, mate. Yes, good morning, Dave. And I suppose it's appropriate that uh, Darren Flindell had a commercial leading into uh, his history times through Harold Park and everything like that from his younger days. Last uh, Saturday night, of course, we know, Dave, we had the uh, big Group 1 action at Wentworth Park, the Vic Peters and the Peter Mossman Opal. On top of that, of course, obviously we're aware of what's been happening at racetracks the last few months with the uh, social distancing issues and the GBOTANG, our New South Wales, had a function and part of that function was the launch of a book that two gentlemen have got together over a number of years to put together about going to the dogs, basically the greyhound history for New South Wales. And it is available. I'll go through that at the end of this interview. But the two gentlemen in question, one is a chap called John Tracy, who uh, greyhound racing people know very well, and I've sat on boards with John. The other gentleman is a Glebe Identity, a gentleman by the Max Sowing. And uh, Max has been very kind enough to uh, join us this morning on Going Greyhounds and go through the book. Good morning, Max. Good morning, Ron. Max, uh, just very briefly, yourself, uh, as far as a Glebe identity, you were into the Glebe area somewhere around 1960? Yes, yes, I came here from the bush to go to uni in 1960 and have lived here since, yeah. And obviously, being in Glebe in that era... Um, Harold Park and Wentworth Park as a entertainment and obviously in those days also the uh, the gambling venues, the trots yes. on a Friday night and the dogs on a Saturday were a major part of that sub. That's right, Friday and Saturday, Friday trots and Saturday uh, the, the dogs and so you know nobody could live in Glebe but not be aware of greyhound racing with the two uh, premier uh, tracks in New South Wales in, in, in Glebe and uh, that's that's how I mean I I came down and did a, I was very interested just just observing it so uh, if you if you, uh, what I what I found with greyhound it now once I started to look into it that greyhound racing's got a long and colourful history certainly well worth writing about and yet it's been largely ignored by historians both in Australia and in Britain where it, where when in 27 when the tin air came in in 26 in britain it was much bigger than even here yeah now as far as let's just go back pre-war yes. days back in the coursing days i suppose we we all called it back then yes um, obviously you've got some wonderful photos and history of those times yes yeah look, look there's there's two strands to greyhound racing there's live hair coursing which effectively went from 1876 to 1953 when it was banned and then of course mechanical hair commonly known as tin hair from 1927 which was really a, an american import um so the the early live hair uh men were essentially they were very wealthy gentlemen there was uh, uh tooth the brewer uh, walter hall a whole range of men well both Bruce, both of those died with over a million dollars but by federation there was a, a pretty broad cross-section of um uh, courses in new south wales and most towns uh, of any size supported a, a, a coursing club one of the fortunate parts of this is the referee which was the the only comprehensive sporting paper uh, covered coursing very well from 1886 till it, its demise in 1939 and from that i could work out that 
Yeah, between about 1883 and 1925, there was 118 live hair coursing clubs in New South Wales that were formed in New South Wales. And together with various other clubs, rabbit coursing, terrier coursing, rat coursing, whippet and kangaroo, there were about 153 clubs formed. They were not all uh, operating at the time in the period, say, between Federation and the 1920s. There's around about 25 clubs having regular meetings all the time. Um, yes. Obviously, Max, when you look at, let's go post-war, yes. um, the growth of racing really seemed to take off in Sydney. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned on Saturday night, my family came from that Glebe area. Yes. Um, obviously, you, you sort of watch it. Yes, Friday night and Saturday night, and then the races also of a Saturday. Um, in those days, before the TAB world, every yeah. pub had a little man sitting in the corner at the SP. Um, it was a very big thing, and obviously in the area where you are, there at Glebe, there were some of the major, you know, hotel establishments like the, the Australian Youth Hotel, the Friend in Hand, the Cowrie. Yeah. They are all plus the Harold Park Hotel, of course. They are all part of the, the yeah. mix of a night out as well, with the, yeah. all that you know, having a bet at the same time. Yes, yes. And I mean, when, when I came to Glebe in 60, I mean, the the SP was thriving in every every lane in Glebe, you know. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, that's before, just before, of course, the TAB came in, yeah. And, and, and uh, Ron, that's one of the critical parts of the, of the whole, um, the advent of the TAB in New South Wales in 64, I think it had come in Victoria that three years before that, revolutionised the greyhound industry and made, and became its lifeblood because uh, I think the TAB distributions provided uh, greyhound racing with about um, 80% of its income. So I can remember when um, Russell Westerweller, who was uh, you know, the sort of heart and soul and chairman of the, the greyhound breeders, uh, he was delighted once it came in. And what then happened is that... Um, you know, prize money rose dramatically. Prize money uh, pre-TAB, so like in 1927 when it first came in, it was about an average of about £25 for a race. And by 1950, it had gone up to maybe 40 So from the TAB distributions in 1964, uh, the prize money uh, was about 56000 Dollars. I mean, it was still, bad. Um, but that by 1970 it had gone up to 332,000, and by 1983 prize money was 1.184 million. So it it was the life. It was really essential, and and Westerweller was constantly doing that. And that's a time too that greyhound racing became increasingly professional, and I guess that was reflected in in the introduction of the. Greyhound of the Year, I think, in 1975. Um, and also, almost just uh, after that, perhaps the doyen of all the Sydney race callers, Paul Ambrosoli, who called the races uh, uh, at when, at Harold Park. As you know, Harold Park closed. Harold Park was there for 60 years, from 1927 until it closed on the 27th of um, September 1987, and then it just all went to Wentworth Park. So, yeah, so Ambrosoli was, was one of the things. And 
part of that was some of the, the, the really great greyhounds. Post-war, um, Chief Havoc, uh, who came from Gunnada, was, was, was a famous dog in 1947, attracted a crowd of 17,000 when he attempted, in an exhibition race, he broke three, uh, five existing records and equal to six, and then the great Zoom Top, who was probably a one-in-a-generation dog uh, honed and trained by Heckwatt. Um, so it, it was a, a really, you know, it, it was all on the up in the, in the 60s and 70s, yeah. And certainly, Maxie, the, um, back in my day in 75, when I started working with the NCA, their offices were there on, well, 257 Broadway was their office there, and they had another office around at 275 yes. Broadway, which was just into Glebe Point Road. So yes. the whole activity of the operation of racing was yes. all in Glebe, and the two tracks were only literally two minutes away. Yes. And that was all a big part of how the whole growth of it everywhere. And yes. and, and the whole area created that family atmosphere. There's, yes. you know, the groups of people you work with, the owners, the trainers, they all come and did their their work at the at the office then they went and trial their dogs or whatever it was a mm. it was a big thing for the, for that glebe area in yeah, those absolutely. days and the same with the and same with the trots you know i mean there were you know 500 trots exercising so you've got this extraordinary sort of activity going on and of course when i first came to glebe it was still very working class i mean gentrification started to come in from the late 60s and it's changed yeah but uh, it certainly for most of that time and i mean uh, harold park you know and employed a lot of people i remember yeah and obviously the crowd you know, today is a different world. We can sit in our lounge room yes. and watch a, a race on television. The luxury today in Sydney is not the best of weather and you can just sit down and watch them. But in those days, rain, hail or sunshine, thousands of people turned up every yes. Friday night, every Saturday oh, night. Yes. Look, and many uh, of them all tripled up. They went trots, horses and dogs, many of those yes. putters. That's right. Well, I can remember when, when they, they the first meeting of, of uh, the Tin Air in, in, on the 28th of May, 1927, by July, the crowds um, were... Uh, there was 30,000 um, att were attending in, in July 1927 at uh, what was then called Epping Racehorse, but then, of course, it became in 29 was known as Harold Park. So it, it was a huge thing. A and in the interwar years, the crowds maintained. They were incredibly... It was an incredible period. Uh, the averaging generally in the 30s between fifteen to 18,000. And, yeah, so pre-tab, it was just a totally different world. I mean, I, I just remember writing that... that in the 20s, I mean, and then they went into the Depression. That their, their idea of an American-style night of the dogs turned out to be an immediate success. And, you know, those swift dashes under bright lights made the track stand out in the darkness, you know, because it was colourful, dramatic, and cheap entertainment. And only a short walk or tram ride away from work. So it's not... And, and they'd take two shilling bets two shillings to ten pounds so you know the, that small betting that heightened the sense of excitement among spectators who just streamed down to the place it's hard to conceive now what it was like then max in throughout the uh, the book i had a quick flick through on saturday night and some of the photos i must admit uh, 
are just photos you can stare at for an eternity. It's just oh, wonderful yeah. history you found. Look, uh, look, uh, Ron, I have to really... Um, we, we collected a lot of photos. That was a fraction. But among the very best were... Uh, from the collection of Don and Christine McKenzie, who live at Londonderry and had been involved in the dogs from the 70s for a long time. And they very generously just said, well, take your pick and use them. So they're all the photo credits. But if you go through the photo credits, I think there'd be probably something like 30 to 40 of those photos are the McKenzie's. They're really yeah, no, great, I know Don and Christine photos. well. They've been uh, beautiful people. Don was a steward for many years and uh, yes. a thorough gentleman in uh, in greyhound racing. And obviously, mm. it is a great story, and not just literally for just the greyhound people. The the history of a little bit of everything is there. That the, the suburb of Glebe, that the racing side, even the trotting people would have a lot of memories. Because as I say, yes. my days growing up, Max, you weren't just necessarily a greyhound fan or a trot fan. You, you mm. got involved in the three codes. Yes. Um, it was just part of life. Right? Yes. It was that culture in that period. Yes, yes. No, it Mate. was... It was. Uh, I mean, there were some nice things written about it, too, in that, uh, you know, the, when the, the, the last trotting event took place, I think it was December 2010, there's, there's a lament from a, a guy called Michael Hutak, which is, is very touching, you know, because, uh, you know, it was an important social and cultural sort of evening and it had been part of Sydney from from the 1920s. Yeah. That's right. Now obviously and it goes quite modern as well, it's not just old history, it oh, no. it's right up to the last couple of years when we had a few issues a few years ago with the, the government world and you, you've yes. quoted through that quite well. As yes. Yes, well, I, I I found I found that very interesting. I mean, it's fairly detailed. They kept of you know going from the um, the Four Corners uh, program that, that that produced the McHugh Special Commission in 2016, the government ban on the 7th of July, and within three months, the tremendous mobilisation of the Greyhound Racing Alliance, leading to which I really enjoyed. I went the Fair Go Rally at Hyde Park on the the 2nd of August, 16, and then the, the back down by the government on the 11th of October, 2016. Yeah. Yes, there's certainly a fair bit of history there. Well, Max, congratulations to yourself and to John mm. and obviously also to your publishers. Um, we oh, look, know look, Ron, I could just there. get a word in. Halstead Press did just a wonderful job on that. They, they went, it seems to me, they, they really got committed to what we were doing just the sheer number of photos. I was surprised when you know that, then because they put a lot of photos in there. So it, and the, and it's beautifully presented. Yeah. No, well certainly, Max. I congratulate you all. It's obviously brought back a lot of memories to someone like myself. And uh, mm. even as I say, uh, my family coming from that district. I know my dad was involved with the Bing and Swing Rugby League back in the late forties. So oh yeah, down at there's a fair bit of a tie yeah, there yeah. and a lot of history. And it, it is great to reminisce and. That yeah. book is available at Wentworth Park at the present moment on race night if anyone would like to buy it for a gift. Certainly Father's Day is not that far away mm. and uh, we can organise that and certainly it'll be That's through the, uh, the good bookstores in the very near future and obviously we'll uh, look to promote it and uh, we congratulate you and we thank you for everything you've done to put our history uh, in print so we'll always remember. Righto. Thanks a lot, Ron. Max, thank you very much indeed for your time this morning. All the very best. Thanks very much. Well, there he is, Dave. That's a little bit of history. Now it's gone into the print. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, book pro, uh, process with superb photos going to the dogs, the history of New South Wales greyhound racing. 
It's available uh, at the moment for purchase at Wentworth Park on a Wednesday and Saturday night race meetings. And if you wish to uh, get it sent to you, just contact the GBOTO as well and uh, Lizzie will organise that for you and then she'll mail that through. It's uh, certainly just a great gift with uh, people's birthdays and Father's Day and Christmas halfway there now. So there's plenty of uh, ideas for the older parents and, and granddads and that sort of thing certainly get part of the memory of, of the wonderful sport of greyhound racing that sounds outstanding mate outstanding. yeah it certainly does mate i only had a quick look at it the other night i uh, i've just got to give myself the time to sit down and read something like that in the, in the give it the right time and i will do so in the very near future and max has also got the history of glebe and even that, and I suppose it's a, I'm a little bit one-eyed because my family came from the district, from the suburb, but it's it's certainly a wonderful thing as well to have all that history and, and libraries and that will grab hold of that, at least and when we're all gone, at least the, the next generation will remember what we did do. And Max, there's sort of memories about the little lanes up alongside of the pubs and all that. I, uh, I sort of remember doing that myself. So uh, you could do a lot of things before DUI come in, Dave. That was one of the things about that life, it's, uh, yeah. It was very, very good. But uh, certainly there's three meetings on today for us, those that want to have a bed in the lounge room, get out of this cold weather. We've got Lismore this afternoon at 2.41. Then we've got uh, Gosford at 6.59. And the Bulleye program, 6.47. We'll have the late mail tips for the Bulleye program tonight just before each race. Yeah, we have to keep an eye on one tonight as well at uh, Gosford. The great um, uh, Jason Lincoln. I think is involved with a runner tonight, uh, of course, from Sky Racing in the first. I think they've got uh, uh, Laguna, Colorado. I think. Which yes, goes he was the at Wedding Park on Saturday night, and uh, telling everyone that he was uh, lining up for that. So uh, I don't, I didn't get a chance after the last to see whether he finished in front after Saturday night, but uh, he'll uh, he'll be well, there cheering on for sure. Well, it's two fifteen to two fifteen. Race one, number one, Laguna, Colorado. So. Uh, Maybe he did have a win on Saturday night, and he's just reinvesting, reinvesting. He's taken it early. That's what I like to see. <laughs> Outstanding. Right, anyway, we've gone a bit over time tonight, but thank you uh, for giving us that extra time. No, that's all right, mate. Not a drama at all. Uh, that's been going, Greyhounds. And on the pace on this uh, Tuesday, let's uh, take a break. Uh, we've got the whip around coming up shortly.